from KQED. From KQED News, I'm Andrea Kissick with Quest, our weekly series exploring Northern California's science and environment. What do Bay Area airports and some big Silicon Valley companies have in common? Well, they sit right on the edge of San Francisco Bay, where sea level rise is expected to have a big impact in the coming decades. That may seem far in the future. But state agencies are already preparing for climate change by writing new rules for construction along the Bay shoreline. As you can imagine, developers and environmentalists aren't exactly seeing eye to eye. Lauren Summer reports. For more than a century, this patch of land on the edge of the bay in Redwood City has been home to one thing, salt. As you look out, you can see it looks sort of like a frozen pond. David Smith is a senior vice president with DMB Associates. He's standing next to flat industrial ponds filled with crystallizing salt. On a typical season, you would hope to establish a layer of 8 to 12 inches. Cargill Salt owns these ponds as part of their salt harvesting operations. Smith is with a developer that's working with Cargill on a different vision for these 1,400 acres. Welcome to the Redwood City Saltworks site. Saltworks is DMB's proposal for 8,000 to 12,000 new housing units. Half of the site would be dedicated to open space uses, including tidal marsh restoration, And then the other half would be this integrated, transit-oriented development. It's housing that's sorely needed in the Bay Area, he says. You have had the explosion of economic success of Silicon Valley. We should be ashamed of our inability or unwillingness to provide housing to support those workers and that economic activity. This site is not a site for housing. David Lewis is the executive director of Save the Bay. Salt ponds in Redwood City are actually one of the last unprotected areas that could be restored to tidal marsh for San Francisco Bay. It seems like a pretty typical story. A developer wants prime land to build on, and environmental groups want to see wildlife habitat restored. But there's a twist, as developer David Smith points to on one particular map. What we're looking at is a blue inundation zone, and it depicts the projections for sea level rise for the region around Redwood City. The map shows the low-lying parts of the bay's shoreline at risk from sea level rise, which includes the land we're standing on. Smith says the plan calls for a three-mile levee to protect the development from the bay. Projections from state scientists show sea level could rise by nearly six feet by the end of the century. We'd like to ignore it. But if we ignore it, we're ignoring it at our own economic peril. Will Travis is the executive director of the Bay Conservation and Development Commission, or BCDC. It's the state agency with jurisdiction over the Bay. We're building things now that will be around for 100 years. And we should, we believe, think about how those cities, how those communities will remain viable and sustainable. BCDC is trying to come up with new regulations for development along the shore. They've been guided by a state plan from the Schwarzenegger administration called the California Climate Adaptation Strategy. It discourages building in low-lying areas and encourages wetland restoration. Wetlands are wonderful for dealing with climate change. Wetlands soak up flood water, so the wider the wetland in the front, the lower the levee can be in the back. But when BCDC released the first draft of its new development policy two years ago, the agency faced a wave of protest, especially from folks who see bayfront property as prime real estate. 
it tried to do too much too fast. Jim Wonderman is president of the Bay Area Council, a group representing business interests. We should be absolutely concerned about sea level rise, but we shouldn't allow the concern about it to just say, well, let's just stop doing everything. A number of Bayfront cities had the same complaint. Public meetings got ugly. People said things that they probably weren't proud of when the meeting was over, and I know we've had epithets hurled at us. So BCDC backed off a little, saying that new development would be considered on a case-by-case basis. That could open the door for projects like Saltworks. David Lewis of Save the Bay says those changes concern him because the policy is leading the way for others. Most small cities don't have the resources to change the way they plan and permit developments with a big change like sea level rise. I think BCDC is at the forefront, and it, it should be brave about doing the right thing. Will Travis of BCDC says the changes were necessary, so the plan works for the dozens of cities it involves. We want to achieve environmental protection. We have to, but not at the expense of regional prosperity. So we're trying to achieve that balance. The challenge, Travis says, is making a global issue like climate change part of regional planning. A society likes dealing with climate change at the abstract. It's when you actually get down to doing something about it that people have concerns. In October, BCDC expects to finalize the sea level rise policy that will govern development along San Francisco Bay for years to come. For Quest, I'm Lauren Summer, KQED News. You can check out all of our coverage on the future of San Francisco Bay on our website. That's kqed.org quest. Major funding for Quest is provided by the National Science Foundation and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with additional support from the Vadez Family Foundation.